4: Podcasts of our talks with a who's who of climate change action are all available at Beyond Zero Emissions. If you have some ideas for this show, contact us at radio team at beyondzeroemissions.org.
5: Cyclones?
6: Cast is pretty grim. Climate no, in in. change.
7: Do you ever feel like just switching off? Well, don't. Switch on to Beyond Zero Emissions Community Radio Show every Monday at 5pm on 3CR and beat the doom and gloom to find out the latest actions and research in your community. VZE Radio at 5pm on Monday. Turn the tide. Literally.
8: Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to Beyond Zero Emissions. You're with Adele here, and this week I'll be presenting some interviews from the School Strikes for Climate protest which occurred all around Australia, as you may have noticed in the news. This week, Vivian, uh, your regular host, will be uh, speaking to students from um, the Melbourne Sustainable Living Festival. So last week, uh, the students were trying to show us Uh, really what they think about the future of the climate. Um, And the speakers that you'll hear from today are Jean Hinchcliffe, Harriet O'Shea Carr, Yagvier Singh, Matt Wicking and Marco Belemo. As one of them said, we cannot vote, but we are considering litigation and we have hope, so be afraid. So sit back and listen to this uh, beautiful recording from Vivian at the School Strikes for Climate. Protest.
6: Actively involved in many organisational groups, particularly Extinction Rebellion now, um, but also AYCC, Galilei Blockade, Stop Adani, Friends of Earth, Collectives and more. Please give these four a big round of applause and welcome. Let's start by just travelling back in time a little bit, and I want to kick off with you, Harriet, if we can, and just invite you to tell us a little bit about how this first strike in November came about for you and your role in it. Are you happy to share that for us?
9: Um, yeah, well, my, my good friend, Malou, she read an article about Greta Thunberg in Sweden, and she, she goes to school with me, and on the bus the next day she came, and she was like, oh, look at, read this article, look at this amazing person. She's um, only 15, and she's just like gone out and just gone on strike and I was like, yes, we've got to do this in Australia because previously I'd felt sort of powerless and like I, I, I couldn't um, be heard because I'm under 18 and I can't, I, I can't vote and I can't, I can't be heard through that system and so I thought this was a really amazing and empowering idea because it was something that like me and everyone else who's under 18 um, yeah, the children of the community could be, be a part of, and we could lead the movement, and yeah, show show our leaders what we want.
6: November last year, an estimated twenty thousand students across Australia skipped school. So from that, you know, conversation with a friend, uh, so much has flourished by with other people getting involved and and jointly making this thing happen. Um, there were huge crowds of students um, filling public spaces, shouting at the top of their lungs. They brought banners and signs. You might have seen some of them. Um, I've seen smarter cabinets at IKEA. <laughs> and we'll be less activists if you'll be less shit, was one of my favourite favourites. And I was chatting to one of the um, organisers of this event just this morning, and she said that she'd spoken to Greta Thunberg, uh, someone who was working with her closely over in Sweden, and they said that Greta was getting a little bit of press and a little bit of energy and momentum, but when 20,000 students, this crew here and others, got active here in Australia, it gave her work and her voice and her leadership a massive boost. And it was then apparently that a lot more um, media wanted to come and talk to her because she was having this ripple effect that people saw here, which I think is amazing. And I didn't realize till this morning.
1: Hello. Um, yeah, I was a speaker at the School Strike um, last year. Um, I got involved, uh, basically through AYCC, who were helping organize the strike here in Melbourne, um, and Maisha, my friend, who was the MC of the event, um, so it was just about, you know, so I had, I had been involved in the environmental movement for a long time, um, I think March 2016, um, not that long, but pretty long for me, um, so... <laughs> well, you're not that old, so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's how I got involved. It was um, basically talking. And the experience of speaking at the rally where, you know, we had um, estimated, I think it was estimated around 5,000 people um, attend the strike. So speaking at that um, strike was really um, empowering as well. Like, I felt like there were so many people around me who, and we all had the shared goal, and we we're all, um, like, I didn't know any of, uh, I didn't know most of them, but, um, I kind of felt connected with them because we had the same goal and we were working towards achieving the same things. And even when we were marching through the CBD, um, we saw people coming out of their offices and supporting us. So um, yeah, there was this really cool energy going around um, and really positive and really empowering. That's beautiful. It's great to hear. And so this
6: crowd here then is nothing compared to 5,000 people I suppose. Jean, I'd love to hear from you and your perspective. How did you get involved in this work and what role did you play in the November strike?
2: Yeah, so I initially got involved after a friend of mine sent me a text. with like, oh, look at this thing happening in Melbourne on November and like, oh, I could get involved in striking on Fridays or something like that. So I looked at the website and immediately emailed and said I'd organise the Sydney event. So (laughs) at about 11.30 at night. Yeah, so very, very impulsive, but um, as we got started, it definitely wasn't a solo effort. There were quite a few people on board, and my role was, like, all over the place with it. Um, I, like, filed the notice of public assembly and helped organize that, as well as doing a lot of, like, media and press, and I also helped, like, choosing an event and just general logistics a lot. Um, Yeah, but I think the bulk of what I did, like, if I was to say one particular thing that was... um, doing so much media constantly. Like I was at school and about like every couple hours I'd pick up a phone call with a journal or something.
6: So you're having to, are you picking up your phone and stepping out of class to take those phone calls with the media as Um, well?
2: It was towards the, particularly towards the final week before the strike um, because my phone broke actually and I could only use the very bottom right hand corner which meant that I couldn't text people. I could only pick up my phone. So at that stage, I did have to step out of class every now and then, although I'd try to schedule them during like recess or lunch or after school. Sure,
6: sure. But given that stepping out of class and stepping out of school is what we're talking about here, it's not so um, (laughs) surprising. And so let's hear a little bit from Marco as well, and then we've heard from everybody on the panel to start with. I know that you weren't um, one of the organisers of that first strike in November, but you've since become um, quite visible through your question on Q&A and rebuttal of the bullshit response that you got from the <laughs> panellists. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's been, yeah, and, and what's been your role to start, how did you get started, and what's your role now? Um,
7: yeah, in terms of how I got started, basically, I really got started a few, a couple of years ago when I um, heard some speakers from uh, Standing Rock campaign and just learning how damaging these practices are to these communities, how they're destroying the, their culture, their land, their water, and let alone the environmental and global impacts of, that that has. Um, yeah, I really felt that I had to do as much as I could to um, really ensure that we have and protect and preserve our the only livable planet we know um, so in terms of the school strike I, the first one I wasn't too involved and kind of just jumped on board with it um, but then yeah, I since then I've felt like I really need to get involved and I've been Helping out with various means of communication and partnerships. Um, and also trying to see what we can do more than just marching and just striking to really reach out and show how serious this climate catastrophe is um, rather than just uh, striking for one day and going back to school the next. Like, really how we can sustain and make a bit this thing a bit more disruptive, a bit more in the politician space, and an issue they can't ignore.
6: I like that you mentioned the word disruption because that's the theme of Sustainable Living Festival this year, so nice uh, keyword dropping. Um, in fact, something that strikes me about all of you as I listen to you speak and hear about the work that you're doing is. Is the level to which you're stepping up and taking on conversations with media, taking on organising and coordinating, and being strategic and thinking about the the momentum of this thing long term? Community organising and, and activism is something that people, you know, spend decades learning how to do, and you are diving in and doing it and doing it with, you know, beautifully. I want to know from, I'd love to hear from each of you about how does it feel for you? Is it is it really stretching you? Is it inspiring? You know, are you getting pushback from people, and is that hard sometimes?
2: I think it was it, it's. Really crazy, it just like jump right into the deep end. Um, because the school strike itself was actually my first proper venture into to climate activism. So like right away I, I'd never done an interview before, so I had to learn how to do all that and it was just yeah, it was crazy. And even now, um, it's just grown so much and there's still so much work we're doing now. If if anything even more than what we had beforehand and I think it's been it's been really enjoyable like I've loved it so much and it's really stretched me because I had no idea what I was doing to begin with and I've just everyone has had to learn so much so quickly and I think in regards to like to sort of the pushback we get, I, I think mostly it's support, which is really great, because we're seeing that we're actually making a difference and we're getting people on board. But also, there has been quite a lot of hate. Um, I won't deny, like, particularly I noticed um, when it was spread on GetUp, on their Facebook page, the comments are just filled with stuff about how we're all brainwashed children who don't know what we're talking about <laughs> and are just being told what to do by, like, le- the Greens or something, which is just insane. <laughs> Yeah, but um,
6: because you're independent, aren't you? I mean, you're absolutely you're making, yeah. yeah.
2: We're completely non-partisan. That's one of the driving forces behind this because we all we all agree that this isn't a left versus right issue. This is a human issue. This is just a problem with the world. And when if we became partisan, then that sort of disrupts that message. So we make it really clear. It doesn't matter where you fall on the political spectrum. You need to have good climate policy, and that's the main thing that's driving us. Yeah.
6: And Harriet, how, how does it feel for you being involved and in playing this role?
9: for me it was it's been really incredible um i think before before we like started striking i i was just filled with a lot of like anxiety and stress and like fear about our unstable climate at the moment but i didn't know where to like direct all that emotion and it was just sort of building up it was very sort of self-destructive it wasn't it wasn't, um, yeah, good. But now with, like, when people come together to, to yeah, join, yeah, into such an amazing event, it's, it brings you out of that sort of isolated state and you get to, like, share it with other people and it shows you, like, like I have hope. <laughs> I can see that so many other people care and that we're, and they're ready to, to act. And so it was really incredible, yeah, for me.
6: That's great. And on um, Greta Thunberg's, TED Talk, who you mentioned before, she talks about hope and the idea that hope follows action. And you take action and then the hope will follow, but don't have this hope without action because that's useless to to anybody and all of us. Which really, what you said reminded me of that idea because it seems like your action is giving her hope and vice versa and then it's spreading out to others as well. But it's action at the core, yeah? How about yourself,
1: Yeah, I guess following on from that idea of hope, um, I guess we feel hopeful because we, from our side, are doing all that we can um, to bring this change and, you know, to get good climate policy and to solve this crisis. So we, on our end, are feeling hopeful. But there's still so much we can do. So... Um, you know, for, for example, you guys can help us. You guys can strike from work, maybe. Um, <laughs> um, you know, let's that's let's poss- take out the maybe from that sentence. I'm right behind you. You guys can strike from work. How about that? <laughs>
6: I just wanted to encourage you on that because I think we in the audience, we adults here, um, need to think about not just watching you as spectators and observers going, oh, isn't that great that they're doing good things? How does this inspire us if it inspires us to do more ourselves? Sorry, so, and, and your feeling about playing this role, how, could, how would you explain that?
1: It's a good feeling, it's a positive vibe. Um, I don't know if there's a word to describe it, but <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't know, being surrounded by the same people who share a similar goal, um, feels good. Uh, but we've worked together online, you know, through Slack, through, um, Zoom calls and I guess 21st century organising.
6: It's <laughs> great. And Marco, how about yourself in terms of how this has felt? You've, you know you weren't a household name and then being on Q&A makes you somewhat, you know, people refer to you and talk about you, you're in the papers and obviously much more visible. How has that felt for you sort of jumping into this role? You seem like you're handling it well, but how's it felt?
7: Yeah, well, to be honest at the start, a bit like Harry, I was really like terrified and I still am terrified about the the climate crisis, the climate emergency. Um, But yeah, like Greta said at Davos a few weeks ago, she wanted like panic is a key driver for courage to act and I feel like yeah that got me to the strike and that made me and just the energy whilst we were there really brought out that hope and um now it's just like all rolling along in terms of things with different actions and different groups and I feel like school strike is spread all over the world um I'm going off the question a bit. I just—it's okay. It's good.
6: <laughs> you were you were saying that you initially felt you know pretty fearful about yeah. the climate catastrophe, and that that was driving you to, to to act. And I was getting a sense that maybe a little bit like Harriet, that the action itself has helped you feel a bit better because at least you're doing something, and then others are following. Is that
7: right? Is that? Yeah, that's basically like how I feel about this. If I, I yeah, like I'm petrified about what's going to happen, but I feel that just makes me more gives me more reason to act and yeah, yeah, that's basically, I wouldn't feel good about myself if I wasn't doing something to help, like, solve the climate emergency.
6: Yes, thank you. That's cool. I want to find out about how your parents have responded to you know, you playing this role. I, I imagine for some parents it would be challenging, for others it would be exciting and inspiring, but yeah, how have each of you found your, your parents to be in this? I know some of your parents are in the room, so um, feel free to be as honest as you can. <laughs> Maybe we'll start here Mark and we'll go up the other way, if that's okay.
7: Um, yeah, my parents have always been very supportive and I've been very happy with that. Um, like, Obviously we do have disputes about like whether I should be doing this or I should be doing that. Um, But in terms of my activism, I feel like they've always been there. Yeah, and basically we're on the same way of thinking, just, um, yeah, there will be those disputes about how I do my... how I use my activism. But, um, yeah, I feel like I'm in a very lucky position, and that's why I feel like I need to do... act in a way and use my like, all the resources I can to help others and help the people most affected by global warming. You can't do much about it.
6: Which goes back to your point about Standing Rock, really, to, it sounds like, like, that empathy that you felt for others and a sense of your own privilege here that you feel ob- obliged to act, yeah? Yeah, that's... And, Jagli, how about yourself in terms of your, your folks?
1: Yeah, um, so I was actually doing Year 12 last year, so I've just graduated from school about to start uni this year. So I was in year 12 and my parents rightly were concerned about my education um, and the impact that this would have on my education. So um, yeah, at at the start there were certain concerns, but luckily I picked the subjects um, for which the exams were done um, a week before the strike, a week or two before the strike. So um, I had some good time to organize the strike um, and help out where possible. Um, but yes, I wasn't too involved um, in October when you know uh, Harriet was on strike and other people were on strike. Thanks, Maggie.
0: <laughs>
9: um, I think my parents would rather me be alive and uneducated than dead and educated. So. Yeah. I think really they just care about my safety and well-being, and they understand too that this this is an existential threat. This is this is just more, this is more important. Um, so they're super supportive. Um, I don't have a phone, so my dad's like the um, my uh, uh, what's the word? He's
6: your secretary? Yeah, my
9: secretary. <laughs> Everything goes through Thanks, here. Dad. He come running into the room, like oh, the age of cold, and I'm like, oh, okay. So, um, that's yeah, great. that's helpful.
6: <laughs> I love the first part of your answer, Harriet, because it, it really cuts right through the, the question in a way to me. Like, you know, um, this is that serious that you know, um, of course we have to bloody be doing something. And of course we have to be acting, but I can, um, I can see also at the same time how important it is to have that support in like having a secretary is great or having someone to, to, to be a guardian to bring you to places to you know look out for you and provide in, in ways that you can't if you're not an adult you're not earning income and so on like that that role that your parents play obviously is important yeah um how about yourself
2: um well overall my parents have been like really supportive particularly as I got like close to the strike and from there but i do remember um the day after i like emailed and about how I organize it, and I got a response. I go down to my mom in the kitchen and I'm like, Hey, uh, mom, I think I'm organizing a giant school strike in the city on November 30th, probably maybe. <laughs> and and from there, her response was, Gina, you sure they don't have like, some adults or something that can like organize it with you? <laughs>
6: I thought you were going to say, yeah. she was going to say, Ask your father. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, but, yeah, definitely from there, um, she has been, yeah, both of my parents have been really supportive and, like, helped me come down to Melbourne today yeah, and, like, amazing. yesterday or whatever, yeah, so it's been really helpful being, a- being able to have the supportive parents, and I do know, um, just talking with kids, who, or like me, we got messages online who don't have supportive parents who won't allow them to strike. It's so much more difficult to be able to take action and actually do something. Because I, I have friends um, who go to like different schools to me and they weren't allowed to go to the strike. And they're at a stage, if their school doesn't like condone it, then how are they going to take action? So having supportive parents and having that effective environment really does help.
6: Amazing. What is it that you would like to see change in terms of how other people act, how they get involved and support you in this work? Like, What would make the biggest difference to you in the work that you're doing?
2: I think um, if we're looking on like a political level, we do have our three main goals, which are full renewable energy by 2030, to stop Adani, and for no new sources of fossil fuels. So those are very clear goals, they're very clear demands. And I think the way that people could help, um, particularly adults, is when you're looking at voting, Look at these demands, look at what we need for climate action, and factor that in a lot when you're voting, because this next election is... We're sort of trying to make it, and you see a lot of support for making sort of the climate election. Um, it's, it's such a massive thing we're discussing right now, and um, I think that's a really great way you can help. And even at the next strike, if, um, adults can come in solidarity, and if they can do that, that can really help. I think also um, when it comes to the climate change discussion overall... Um, I notice, uh, even amongst kids, there's a lot of discussion around individual efforts. Like, you can see, um, sort of like, oh, don't use your drying machine, or um, travel less, or anything like that. But I think, um, as a whole, everyone needs to turn their focus to the, like, how the top 100 corporations that contribute 70% of carbon emissions. And we need to look at that instead of looking at it as an individual thing. We need to see the big picture. So I think that it's something that as the school strikes, that's something we really do focus
8: on.
6: And so that shift, that's an important shift that you're talking about from individualism to collective action. And it's one that, in a way, that individualism is a part of the system and the culture that we're trying to change here, right? Um, Jackie, do you have anything to say about the, making the next election a climate election as well? Because I know we were talking about that before.
1: Yeah, um, so I'm also part of a new organisation um, called Climate Leaders, uh, which is created by a bunch of people who are all under 18 or 18 at this point. Um, and they were school strikers um, and they striked at the November 1. So they've created this organisation which is called Climate Leaders, which is all about kicking out the climate deniers and replacing them with climate leaders. So we, for the 2019 election, we're targeting uh, Josh Frydenberg and, <laughs> and Tony Abbott in, in Sydney, um, New South Wales. Um, so yeah, we, we're trying to kick out the climate deniers and replace them with um, people who are climate leaders. So you know, in the 2019 election, whenever that is, um, if you go to vote, just keep in mind that you want to be voting for a person who will who has a good climate policy, not a climate denier, someone like Tony Abbott. There's always a scale, you know, so there's gonna be people like, um, I don't know, there's gonna be people who are really supportive of climate action, but then can't do it because of party lines. There's people who can do it, um, are independent voices, people like Oliver Yates in Kooyong, who's running on a climate platform. Yeah, so like, you know, do some research. or You can check our website. We've got endorsed Climate Candidates. Um, that we believe are the best climate leaders. But you can do your own research. We encourage you to do your own research and vote for the best climate leader. Yeah, um, like as kids, you know, we can't vote, but you can. And while voting is not the only way to make change, it's an important factor, it's part of a democracy. So in a way, you're obliged to, like, you know, um, if, if we are under 18 and we don't have that power in our system, uh, I think the responsibility is up to you guys to vote for um, vote in a way that's going to protect our future like as kids you know we can't vote, but you can and box voting is not the only way to make a change
6: I think that it's um, always become a moral imperative for us to stand up for what we believe to be right. We need to take action to fight for our planet and and to do that together.
7: I think it's something that is directly going to impact us and nothing that politicians or our government are taking seriously because ultimately by the time the big changes come, they're probably not going to be here. So I think we're
10: just sick of people making decisions for us and it not even impacting them. Tori said it really well, but as someone who hopefully wants to, you know, looking into the future, I've got nieces and nephews and maybe one day kids, you want it to be a safe and beautiful place for them to live, not looking that way at the moment. So I think it's really important to fight, not just for ourselves, but for the people to come. Thank you all for
7: coming. Well, we decided to come and join the strike because
8: we want our future to be a sustainable one and, you know, healthy for our kids and our grandkids, and we just... Don't want to lose the planet because it's the only one we've got. I think it's really important for everyone to get together and actually make a change because there's not much time left to fix what we've done. Like, this is like, we're only really deciding to do something about it now, and there's just so much, there's, there's only an amount of time left before it's too late. Well, you know, this is really the only chance we have, and if we don't take it now, then it's going to be too late, and people are going to regret having not stepped in when they could have. And I think it's really important that we all get together and show just how important this is
7: saving our planet and what we have left with the time we have with it.
8: We're basically doing the adult's job because they're not doing their job properly, and we don't have much of a say in anything, but I think by all of us getting together, we can make a difference if we get as many people as we can.
7: We're trying to get to a party, and we don't want to rock up late. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, what brings you up today?
8: Well, I feel strongly about climate change. I think there should be action taken. Like in the past, I, I wasn't uh, so keen to uh, engage with this sort of debate. But um, being in year 12 in chemistry, I've learned a lot more about the effects of it and I've understand it a lot more and the contributing factors. And so that's sort of pushed me to be out here. Um,
7: I've come out to protest with all the other students striking for climate and to show the government that action needs to be taken now, not in 10 years, not in 20 years, but right now. Because instead of going to school today, we came out to try and get people not to,
9: use,
2: not to do climate change. And, and we started chanting, We want change! We want change! We want change! And on my cardboard I wrote... There is more to life than polluting, guys, and he right. stop burning fossil fuel.
5: I came
3: because these are important issues and they go straight to my heart and I wanted to physically be
10: present. Watching the next generation actually putting their foot down and saying, no, we don't want this done to our Earth. It's just wonderful to be a part of that energy and it just gives me hope for the future, yeah, it just gives me hope. Thank you. Would you like to say
7: something?
5: Uh Yes, I'm here to support the, the next generation too. It's, uh, it's teary to watch them yelling and you say good on them. Hey.
4: Yeah, I'm just here to support the children. I, I think they're, they're doing what we should be doing and what everybody should be doing and good on them.
10: Um, I just wanted to come out and support the students actually, and stand by them while they're um, protesting against climate change. Don't you have um, some teaching responsibilities? I do. Um, I brought some of my students with me. We we're actually studying advocacy and leadership, so I thought this was the best place for them today. Just the general ridiculousness of where our politics and decisions are going. Our politicians are just going the opposite way. I mean, they're bringing out new oil. They want to do that in a place where we've got so much wildlife, so much industry that is dependent on it. They want it so
6: you're talking about the Great Australian Bight now?
10: Yes, yeah. Drilling in the Great Australian Bight, um, Ekinor wants to come and do that. And it's just, there is so much risk inherent in that for so many people here and any benefit that's going to come from that, which is actually quite small, is going to go offshore anyway, let alone the fact that it's going to bring up new fossil fuels, which is where we want to be moving away from.
3: They have as much of a stake, more of a stake in the future than I do at age 49, so to see them standing up for the truth is really important.
8: Um, I'm out today because I'm super passionate about our environment. As a young person,
10: I think it's incredibly important for us to be out here showing our faces. My brothers and sisters are all still in school and they're striking in the Northern Territory as well in, in South Australia. So it's in, super important for me to be here as an older mentor and nurture them as well as everyone else who's come out today.
0: When do we want now. now! What
1: do we want? 3CR. Radio that's independent, progressive and making a difference.
4: This is a Beyond Zero Emissions special show. It's a short version of the session at Sustainable Living Festival called Schooled, and we hear from the students uh, who are going on strike for climate. We'll start with Greta Thunberg who inspired this movement. She went on strike outside the Swedish parliament and just by herself inspired people to join her and now it's all around the world, especially in Australia. Thousands of schools go out on strike and they're going out on March the 15th and you can look that up, School Strike for Climate on the internet if you want to find in your city where there will be a strike. So we'll hear from Greta Thunberg, and then we'll hear from the panel at Sustainable Living Festival.
0: I thought that nothing was happening and no one was doing anything, so then I have to do something. And I want to be able to, when I grow older, to look back and say that I did what I could back then. I think that we need to make people aware of what's happening, because the most people I meet, they don't have the basic knowledge they they don't know what's going on. They know something is going on, but they don't know the exact consequences of that. Mm-hmm. So I think that we need to make people aware, and uh, through, for example, protesting on the streets. And
10: but uh, do you I, feel there's been action from leaders in response to what mm-hmm. you've done?
0: No, I certainly don't think that nothing is being done. It's just continuing business as usual, and. Unless something happens, we we will fail. And I'm not going to stop this until something happens.
10: There's a lot of support for you here in this room. I do just need to check, are you missing any maths and science on a Friday? Because, uh, you know, I don't want you to fall, but no, just kidding what i i guess you know too that um a lot of students around the world have taken inspiration from what you've done and and they've been striking as well we've had rolling strikes from students in australia what what message would you like to give to other students who are who are striking like you and to people who are listening
0: that we we will- We cannot uh, let anyone tell us not to do this because it's our future, our decision. And also we have to continue doing this every day or every week or every month or something like that. Because if we stop now, that that means that we have just, it was just a one-time thing. But if we continue putting pressure on people in power and say that we are going to do this until you take action, then we, we have like a goal. I want that we start treating the crisis as a crisis and I, that we start to cut emissions rapidly. And so that's, I'm sitting here until Sweden is in line with the Paris Agreement. And that might take a few years, but yeah, we'll continue. Like as
1: kids, you know, we can't vote, but you can. And while voting is not the only way to make change, it's an important factor, it's part of a democracy. The biggest um, non-supporter of the school strike was obviously Scott Morrison. Um, Some of you might remember him standing up in parliament and saying students should go back to school, um, less activism in schools, and all those remarks. Um, but I guess we, um, we didn't really take them as, you know, when you tell kids to not do something, you know, you're gonna get them to do it. So <laughs> that's the effect that it had on me. Um, it kind of encouraged me to go to the strike um, and yeah, it got me fired up, really. <laughs> Every time people said, you shouldn't do this, it was like, oh, you mean I should? Um, so yeah, that's that's how it turned out for me. That's great. Um,
9: for me, I was actually so happy when Scott, yeah, Scott Morrison came out and said that because um, I'd been involved in previously in lots of Adani things and it never seemed to like, it seemed like it was getting to our politicians they never seemed to be hearing us or taking us seriously but i was like yes this means he actually is listening you know so that was really exciting i was like yay like that he heard about us like yeah even though it was uh negative i just yeah think any any um publicity
10: is good so yeah
2: yeah so um I did a lot of media and a lot of videos and, as I was saying, with up. So from there, um, both within the comments section, um, there was a lot of hate, very constantly, as well as a lot of support. But um, one of the craziest like hate things or, um, things or things like that, I actually got a letter sent to my school, um, a handwritten letter from somebody. They hadn't signed it or put a postage stamp or anything and it was addressed to me. So I was just like sitting in um, class one day and they come in with it. And then it takes me a few few read-throughs and I realized, like, oh God, they, and it was, it was an awful letter. They managed to spell climate change wrong. um, (laughs) And the the final sentence of it, which was like the overall message was, "Um, remember, those who can do, those who cannot teach. And just that was the overall thing. So I just sort of like gave it to my school and they just didn't know. Wow.
6: Yet. And were they trying to discourage you? Because it's not quite clear from their clumsy I messaging. Know, it
2: was, <laughs> it seemed to be less discouraging me and more just telling me that, um, more, more is like, I felt like they were trying to warn me that yeah. if anything, they are trying to go on about how my teachers were all evil liars. Wow. And climate change isn't real. And also, there was another thing um, on Facebook um, someone made a post about the strike and I saw someone responding saying, oh, so obvious this event was organized by a woman. Marches never do anything. So in response wow. to that, um, there were like 300 replies It's just going on for ages, and this guy going on about gyrocentric behavior and how all women are inher- inherently abusive towards men. is just this insane wow. thing.
6: That's problematic on so many levels. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry that you have to put up with that stuff, but it, it, it sounds like it's it's a little bit... Uh, if, if you're online, then that, it's going to be a little bit of that stuff, isn't there? The trolling and... Yeah.
2: For me, honestly, I found it very funny. That's, okay. that's the way I cool. approached it. Um, Good on you. I would have dramatic read-throughs with my friends, and we'd try and find the best comment, and it was just... I don't know, I feel that the amount of support, it massively outweighs it. So when you see those deniers, they're so insane. Their, their comments are so ridiculous that... Um, I see it as funny, I see it as something I should make fun of because if I take it seriously then that's not going to help me and it's not going to help the movement so the best way to deal with it really is to just take it with a grain of salt I guess.
6: So question down the front if you couldn't hear that, can you say that one louder again?
2: Was the
10: it, was it strike fun? fun.
1: Was the strike fun?
10: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, it was very fun. <laughs> Great
6: question. Anyone else want to take it? Was it fun? I mean, there's, there's, people talk about this sort of stuff that if, it's not, if I can't dance, I don't want to join your revolution. So is, that, is, is making it fun part of what you think about?
9: Yeah, definitely. Because like as I was saying before, lots of people were feeling a lot of like anxiety and fear about our climate crisis. So it's really important that we try and like show people, um, yeah, like we want that initial fear, but then show them a way out and show them what they can do. So it's really important to like keep that high energy and not go into like that depressing, like unhelpful state. So we were trying really hard to make it something really fun.
7: Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah, have to say that it was one of the funnest um, marches I've ever done. Like, it was pretty amazing, especially the amount of kids. I've never marched in like a full crowd of uh, kids my age before. Like, that's just great.
5: So we're hoping we'll get the next one.
6: There's a question over here.
5: Firstly, I'd like to congratulate you guys. You are so inspiring. And anytime time you can get a politician that waves around lumps of coal or says we should be building more coal-fired power stations to actually have a go at you, you've done well. And don't believe their lies, because marches stopped things since before I was born back in the Vietnam War. They have stopped um, dams in southwest Tasmania, um, which would have destroyed wilderness. They have stopped logging in East Gippsland. They have created massive national parks. The reason they are attacking you over your marches are because they are so powerful. So please, 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 please keep doing it and please keep showing up the adults who are too gutless or too sold out to the coal, petrol and other lobbies that they're getting their back pockets lined with to get re-elected, that young people can see through the lies. And I suppose what I want to ask after that (laughs) is just simply say, what would you like Um, You said individually to let people know, look at climate as the big thing that we look to as a voting issue. But you said that we need to look beyond just our individual actions. Do you want us to actually get on social media or get on Facebook or get on whatever we have and let our networks know... How unbelievably inspiring you guys have been, both on the 30th of November and that you're continuing to hold our gutless politicians accountable. Do you want us to do that? Like to multiply out what you're so it's doing? Sort of
6: a, it's, it's a question about what else do you do you want us to do, adults? Yeah. How can we help amplify your voices? I suppose maybe Marco and I think Jean would.
7: Um. Yeah. Well, everyone can strike. Like if you've got that's a good way to start. Like just really getting active in different campaigns. Most, like we're all working for the same like thing that we want a livable planet. Um, and yes, social media can help a lot, but I reckon really just getting active, getting on the streets, and like spreading the word to all your friends, everyone you know, um, yeah, that's what I would So say. that's
6: actually taking the question and the suggestion in there about can we share your acts act on social media, and saying, well, yeah, sure, do that, that's great, but what about yourselves? Can you not strike as well as adults? And, and that would be a more powerful action. Is that what you're saying?
7: Yeah, I believe that if like, the students are striking, that's brilliant, but what, our, can, what about if we could all strike? Like, imagine if all of us could strike together um, and consistently do it until there's proper climate policies, climate action. And emergency action on climate change.
2: I think um, social media is such a driving force behind this whole movement. Um, so I think I agree with you. Should be of course taking other actions and of course do as much as you can. But why not social media on top of that? I think we need to do everything we can and not limit it to one particular action. But I noticed particularly kids sharing on their own social media seemed to be one of the main ways the strike was actually growing. Because I know posting on my own, like, Instagram story, um, from there, like, 10, 15 other people from different schools who hadn't heard about it shared on their own. And from there, it created this ripple effect. And I think that actually does really help us. So when you have a massive amount of people sharing a post or sharing, talking about this event, it does actually really help us as a
1: movement. Great. Right. That's good to hear. Um, and I just want to follow up on the idea of adults striking, uh, from their work. Um, and like, you know, there's heaps of reasons, if you can't find one, for instance, if someone works in food production, climate change threatens food production. Um, you know, when we have extreme, we know extreme weather events are caused by climate change. They, they, they likely, the intensity and the frequency is increased because of climate change and that affects, you know, flooding, um, bushfires, all these things affect um, our farmers and, you know, every worker. So, I think every worker should be striking for climate action. (laughs) Uh, You're already
6: taking on a lot. And I appreciate and we appreciate the efforts you're doing. I don't know if we as adults should be asking you what we should be doing. I think we should be doing the work to work out what we should be doing and to get in and do it. And yes, come and ask you if you need help and support and space and resources and us next to you as you protest. But I think maybe as us as adults, this is just a, I suppose it's a question, but perhaps what we need to do is to do that work ourselves and take the action rather than again waiting for someone else, in this case school students who are already striking, to tell us what we need to do. See them and let them inspire us and then do the thing ourselves is what I'm suggesting.
2: Personally, my school um, or a lot of students from my school came um, they were really excited. Um, but when it came to the school itself it's it's really difficult for a school because they're not allowed to endorse it. That was the problem because um, my school wanted to, and they did definitely push the boundaries a little bit. They tried as hard as they could, um, but even I was supposed to have a talk at assembly about it, and then the deputy had like helped with it and, like me organize the time but then we were told that i wasn't allowed to do that and i even i have had meetings with with my deputy with my principal and they told me like they said we're so immensely proud of you and we are so supportive of this action but we can't endorse it and we can't actually promote it throughout the school it's just not allowed um even though we'd like to so um i know that at our school and at most schools we I mean, we were kind of lenient in that as long as you had a note from your parents, you're allowed to go. But I know schools where, like, even if you had a note from your parents, you would be getting, like, a detention for coming. And um, I know even a school that locked the gates wow. all around so kids wouldn't go. And that is not allowed. That is a wow. fire. Like, if there is a fire, then that's not allowed. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. It really depends where you're at. I was lucky as a lenient school who were progressive, but a lot of kids, it's really difficult.
6: That, that's really intense, hearing about the locking of the gates and about the possibility for detention for anyone who went. Harriet, I'd love to hear your thoughts on... Um, do you think there'll be a different attitude to the next one, now that there's been one? At...
9: Oh. Uh, well, I'm actually at a different school this year to than, like, where I was last year. So, yeah, last year my, my teacher was amazing. She thought there was, like, nothing better we could be doing. Um, so she was really supportive. Um, and this year also... We have some really great teachers who are really supportive, and they're like, if you're not at school tomorrow, we'll know where you'll be. <laughs> um, and they're like, guys,
2: everyone go on strike. Um. It
6: shows how important those individual teachers can be for helping to create space and, and opportunity for this.
2: It's, it's totally understandable if you need to put schoolwork balance, particularly if you're in year 11 and 12, it's really difficult sometimes to balance.
6: So that's great. I mean, there's a lot of school students in Australia, so if people are doing it when they can, we'll still have a lot of people striking.
1: Um, Jagu? Yeah, um, I guess you can get involved and, you know, do these strikes. Just think that you're procrastinating your work that you need to do, um, and it will be all okay. That's how I was going, because, you know, I wouldn't be doing anything else either, so um, I was like, you know, might as well save the planet in the meantime, so...
6: I'm not sure if you folks realise, but you're very good at talking in sound bites. Uh, Just Naturally, I think maybe it's a consequence of Twitter or social media or something, but I I, I didn't have anything else I was going to be doing, so I might as well save the planet. I think that's a T-shirt. I really like that. Uh, Where are we going next for questions? I'm looking for guidance. Oh, over here. Great, thank you. And and if we can have them as questions, that'd be great. I know everyone's got lots they want to share, but I want to make sure this group gets as much time to to speak their voices as as, as we can.
3: It's like a full day on Friday, guys. You folk are doing education as if the earth mattered. Hmm. And we have to have more of that. My question is about the extent to which you you folk have questioned um, (coughs) what's being taught in the realm of economics in schools, because economic students today, starting economics this year, are being taught that there are externalities. Externalities including energy, uh, debt, carbon emissions. The natural world is external to the system, which is causing this pathological behavior that we're seeing now that's creating climate change. So um, I urge you to, to question economics uh, so the leaders the, in economics.
6: So the question is, is the question that um, you're wondering what the group, if anything, is uh, are doing about t- talking to the school about the sorts of stuff that's actually being taught there? That's right, because
3: I'm seeing sure. that, um, that the, these economic assumptions yes. are permeating right through the education system, and, and they are unseen, unknown by students. That they are they are actually being brainwashed into well, this three percent economic growth, double the size of the economy, which is part of reason all years. of us
6: adults have got to the point that we're at today from that brainwashing. Absolutely. Let's let's take the let's take that to the panel and see what they think. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah,
7: I can, um, yeah, I find it outrageous. I was looking through my chemistry um, textbook, and the first chapter was on fuels, and to just see like you could just tell how much the fossil fuel industry has subsidised has given, has got subsidies from the educational department and given like donations to them. It's ridiculous. Like I was reading through and they would just say there could be some damage to the environment from an offshore drill. There could be some damage from a huge open cut mine. It was just crazy and yeah, definitely needs to be changed. I haven't thought about um, talking to the school yet because lots of our teachers at school are, um, are thinking pretty good, but I will get on to that, um, and... <laughs>
6: once, you've, once you've managed to sh- sh- shut down the government and transition <laughs> us away from fossil fuels, then you can get on to the education revolution, is that right?
7: Yeah, I guess. Same, it can all happen at the same time. Yeah, I yeah. Think.
6: I think it's, 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 it's funny because just your level of ambition is amazing and it's beautiful to hear.
7: It's great.
2: Um, on that point, actually, um, I will notice um, quite a lot throughout the education system. They do try to avoid the fact um, that there's human impact on climate change. And I know a teacher of mine, um, my science teacher, he actually showed me these documents. He helped... Um, so the, the way with Earth and Environmental Sciences in particular, the way that the curriculum for that is worked out is they get some like top teachers, they all will create like five drafts for what the curriculum will be and what has to be covered in a year. And then that's sent through to the Department of Education and that's refined and then it's put out as the final um, curriculum. And the major differences between the final draft and the teachers and what was actually published was um, Discussing human contribution to climate change, there were certain points when it, what would have to be covered is um, what impacts do humans have? What can we? What can humans do to help stop this? And those were completely taken out of that curriculum and taken out and um, just ignored essentially. And instead, you just they just would be discussing other things. And um, I noticed also it just generally there seemed to be an attitude where even just rewording things um, to make it seem like. So within the curriculum and within what year 11 and 12 students are taught for the HSC, they wouldn't be teaching about um, particularly the government's um, contribution to, uh, and what the government can do towards climate action and um, I know it's both in economics it's in chemistry as Marco was saying. It's all throughout the system. There's a lot of sort of ignorance and lots of trying to avoid that and it's quite intentional.
6: Thank you. It's a, it's a sign of how compromised we are in a whole range of ways. I think. So I think we've got one more question and then we're going to check in with the group about what's coming up next for them. So we'll take this question from this gentleman who's been very patient. Thank you. Uh, Good on you, kids. Uh, You're very young. You probably don't swear. I haven't heard you use the C word,
10: but a few people mentioned, alluded to it. Do you think it's time we have to get rid of capitalism? Because all these top bosses are capitalists, and that's what they teach us, and that's our economic system. So. Are you going to create a poster that's going to ask us to get rid of capitalism, and we'll put it up to promote the
6: rally
1: on March the 15th?
4: Thank
6: you. Eh? Good question. Are, we going to get, are you going to advocate getting rid of capitalism?
1: Uh, well, we're advocating getting rid of climate deniers, firstly. Um, I think you know, we will see a gradual shift. Um, I think when we get to you know, those fine points, what we're doing, we kind of shift away from a major goal. Um, and I guess I understand that they're interlinked, um, you know, obviously capitalism is linked um, to, you know, uh, massive uh, fossil fuel companies getting all this money and then donating that to the political system and then the political system's corrupt and then we don't get what the public wants. So I guess there's that link, but um, we, we are currently only focused on, you know, our three main goals. Stop Adani's coal mine, 100% of renewable energy and uh, no new coal or gas projects. Um, but I guess that's something we could look after with Save the Planet. <laughs> Harriet, you've got. <laughs> yeah.
9: Um, I I think that we're trying really hard to just focus on this one point because we don't, yeah, we don't want to like turn people off by trying to bring other things in. It's really, it's just about, yeah, those three demands, and we're trying not to bring, a, a little politics in as little as possible. It's just sort of, yeah, for everyone. We just, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. I was
7: just gonna say, like, everyone, Obviously, the school strike movement is made up of so many different students that have so many different views. And obviously, there are a few demands that overlie the general movement, but every school strike student is going to have different views on the topics. Um, And I personally am totally with you that if this capitalist society is totally um, allowing for such exploitive practices to destroy um, the one and only planet we have, then we should get rid of it. Um, as Greta says, we should change the system. But we are—we do all have different opinions, and um, I guess we just have to work together. And yeah, bring a anti-capitalist side. I'm sure there'll be plenty of others.
6: i going to um, ask for Susie Brown down the front to stand up for a second. She's from Australian Parents for Climate Action. And just asked if you could say a word.
10: No um, so we are totally inspired by the students. I want to say the parents are stepping up. So we, a bunch of us parents got together. We saw the strike. We are like, where are the parents? We can't hear the parents' voice. So we uh, formed Australian Parents for Climate Action. It's a new group. We would like all of you parents of um, any age, but we're really focusing on parents with younger kids who can't necessarily get out and get to protest and whatnot. Um, we're trying to make it accessible for every parent to tell the politicians that our kids need a livable planet. So the first um, actions that we are focused on is a Fridays for Future sit-in at your local MP's office. So we've already been doing that for a month. Um, Down in Kerangamite, we've been doing that for a month already. So we'd love you to join us every Friday at your local MP, federal MP's office. Come and sit with us, bring a sign, whatever you like. Yep. And we have a website www.ap4ca.org or on Facebook, and please join us.
6: What's next from here for you? I know we've got a strike on March 15th, and that um, you want us all to come along and join you. What's next for you in this um, movement and in this a- adventure as part of your life? What happens next? Mark, do you want to start or move down the line?
7: Yeah, so obviously, March 15th is a big global school strike, um, but then moving on for that, I've also been working with like groups such as Extinction rebellion, rebellion, which I HIV feel is a really promising movement um, and really is a bit more disruptive than any other rallies and marches there is. Um, and it's really calling for uh, climate action, emergency climate action uh, now. Um, and obviously, like, I'm really in looking forward to seeing
8: a whole lot more
7: councils joining up for the...
8: Hello and welcome back to BZE. Sorry to have cut off the last speaker, but sadly we're running out of time. You've been listening to interviews and conversation with some of the many young climate activists who were busy last week at the massive school strikes for climate protests around the country. Some of the posters from the protests read, Bored? Talk about the weather. You've been burning our future. Make earth cool again. I was hoping for a cooler death. And Planet Before Profit. Pretty amazing. In other climate action news, the Extinction Rebellion Australia group will be meeting on Friday the 22nd of March. That's this Friday at 12pm in the Treasury Gardens on Spring Street in East Melbourne. So get along to that to get involved in their Extinction Rebellion campaign and to hear about all of their 2019 demands. As well, Series Harvest Festival is coming up at Ceres Community Environment Park on this Saturday, the 23rd of March, from 10am to 3pm. Sounds like a lot of fun with some cultural performances and free workshops. Entry is $5 and kids are free. So wrapping up today's show, thank you so much to the Sustainable Living Festival for its panel, giving student climate campaigners a voice. The team tonight was Vivian Langford for recording and editing the Sustainable Living Festival talk and my name is Adele Mills. Coming up next is Communication Mixdown. You're listening to 3CR.